extra travelers and welcome to another episode of tales of Devot, a genshin lore podcast last week we discussed the god who knows everything venti this week we'll be discussing the darling of inazuma the canadian aether harihara kazuha just a reminder for everyone to check out our website talesoftavat.com where you can fill your eye holes with all kinds of wonderful pictures and videos etc our site also includes links to our past seasons and special episodes artist spotlights from the community for every episode wallpapers to download and some of our favorite genshin merch Finally, feel free to email us at talesofdevotpod at gmail.com to let us know what you think of this week's episode and what topics you want to see in the future. But for now, back to poor sad boy Kazuha. Like, he's not emo boy Zhao, but he's sad. He doesn't show it, but he's sad. He's very, like, even healed. Like, he's almost like he's his own Xanax. <laughs> he's his own Xanax. <laughs> That's what the wind does to you. Yeah. <laughs> he's just like, chill. <laughs> chill as shit. I mean, there's a lot of reason for that. And it comes from the inspiration that is Kazuha. Or Kazuha. When you look kind of to... I don't know who first, like, kind of connected the dots. But people realize that, you know, when he's bursting and he's like oh god what is the saying bees what does he say when he bursts his oh what does he say it's something beautiful is it bad that my internal reaction was eh? <laughs> no that's that's the american aether this is canadian aether well i know when he does his skill he says something about the wind yes of course he does he has three burst lines clouds hide the birds call mm-hmm. as one with wind and cloud yeah and fallen leaves adorn my night Yes. So all of those are lines from a very specific Japanese poet. Oh, shit. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Which poet? Manyoshu. I'm butchering the shit of it, but he's from the Nara period of Japan and did a lot of like, he's part of classical poetry. And he is very prominent in the waka style, specifically the tanka, which you know how haikus are the 575. Well, a tanka is 57577. And everything that Kazuha says in his bursts are lines from his like anthology called The Collection of 10,000 Leaves. And even Kazuha's name means a myriad of leaves, while Katahara means like maple grove. So like everything that's inspired this character is absolutely Manyoshu, which is really interesting <laughs> because you you gotta think poetry in Japanese culture is very, it's transcendent. It captures history, it captures literature, it captures political intrigue. It it does a lot of things as we would look at our literature of the day, which would, instead of poetry, we're looking more toward- Fan fiction. <laughs> yes, fan fiction. <laughs> but like kind of classics when, when we think of like books from Mark Twain. But when we look at like literature that like founded or surrounds- American culture, at least North American culture, we think of novelists. When in Japan, when you think of literature and you look at classical literature, you're looking at a lot of poetry. And he is kind of one of the staples, one of the most notable poets of classical Japanese waka style. And waka contains a lot of different styles, but it's a lot of the symbols of it can go 5757, 575777. It has a lot of different combinations. Does it include the Fozzie Bear style? Because that's what I think of when I think of waka. Waka, waka, waka. I mean, I don't know. I thought of the Final Fantasy X character. (laughs) But what's even more interesting is that even though Manyoshu inspired a lot of the like the design and the history, well, not the history, but like the vibe of Kazuha, he actually has a lot more relation to a poet called the wandering poet named Matsui Bashu, who is legitimately, he he was born into a samurai family. You can see where this parallels. Mm-hmm. And at mm-hmm. the age of 22, he was like, fuck it, I'm going to wander. I'm going to write poetry. And he was actually a very famous poet of kind of the school that came up with haikus. And when Kazuha 
is practicing poetry, he's only using the haiku form. He's not using tanka, he's using haiku, which is the five, seven, five. It's fascinating. Very, very fascinating how, even though he's like this badass swordsman, which every time I see Kazuha, I, I think of the House of Flying Daggers, because of course I do. Like, it's a masterpiece, and so is he. But <laughs> a lot of the times, like, it's very interesting of the poetry side or the literature side that they looked at Japanese culture to create Kazuha instead of, like, going full Ronin <laughs> with him. Like, sure, he's a from a family of swordsmiths, but he's a poet. It's funny, too, that you bring up the whole wandering poet, too, because in his, like, storyline about how he got his vision, they say something like, oh, so is the plight of the wanderer. And I just think it's funny that they keep using the word wanderer to talk about him, and then eventually we call Scaramouche the wanderer. And it's interesting mm-hmm. to me based on how their stories are intertwined, which we'll talk about in a little bit. But I do think we're jumping a little far ahead into Kazuha. We just, like, deep-dived on his origin story, I think, but in a weird way. I mean, it's an inspiration uh, story, if anything. Absolutely. So I want to back up into exactly who Kazuha is and when we meet him in the game. So like Al mentioned, Kazuha is a wandering samurai. He's from Inazuma and he's amazing at poetry. And at everything, really. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, that boy can't do anything wrong. (laughs) (laughs) He can't, though. Really can't. I was going to say, out of any character in this game that you'd say that about, it definitely would be him least likely to fuck anything up he serves a lot of main character energy yeah for a character that's like not the main character (laughs) he's not even like i mean at this point he kind of is though (laughs) i we haven't seen him in quite some time in right now since last summer yeah i'm i'm wondering when he's gonna show up in fontaine yeah i do feel like he has to but we first meet Kazuha in Leeway, despite him being an Inazuman and an Inazuma character, which is always fun because Leeway was such a weird place for like characters. Cause like you have Child who's from Shinsnaya, but he's marked under like online and wherever you look at characters where they're from, he's a Leeway character. <laughs> and for a little bit, Kazuha was also listed as a Leeway character. I think at the end of the Inazuma and Archon line, they pull him over to Inazuma. So Leeway really just wanted to fuck with things. Yeah, now that he's no longer a criminal, a wanted criminal. Yeah, <laughs> they're like, you can belong here again. So let's go into that. Why is Kazuo wanted in Inazuma? So just a quick recap for travelers. Kazuo is wanted in Inazuma and he escaped, so to say, Inazuma. And he joined the crew of the crux that Beto leads. But why did he have to leave Inazuma in the first place? He had to leave because he took the dying vision of his quote-unquote friend, took his vision that after he was executed, so they couldn't put it on the omnipresent god. So but you need to know that little bit of that story of why that would even have happened. Right. Which, another quick recap for Inazuma, because I know we're in Fontaine right now, and it's been a while. In Inazuma, they did have a vision hunt degree. They were collecting everyone's visions and you that's kind of the main storyline of Inazuma, and they had the omnipresent god statue there where they were putting everyone's visions. So Kazuha kind of fucked with them when he was like, that's mine. So the story of Kazuha's friend who lost this vision, his name is Tomo. It's not really, but it's what the fandom calls him because it means friend in Japanese. So anytime we talk about Tomo, we're not talking about Tomo and saying it wrong. We're actually talking about this character, Tomo. Kazuha tells us, tells the traveler actually the story as to why he has this dead vision with him when we first meet him. And the story is beautiful and tragic. So he has his friend and it's obviously like every Everything else in Genshin, it's a beautiful cutscene. We'll link to it. It's gorgeous. Kazuha's friend Tomo was kind of asking him questions like, why doesn't, what is all this stuff about the Musu no Hutachi, which is the divine punishment that the Raiden Shogun gives? It's this crazy sword. I can't think of what a word would be. Well, it's her titty sword, too. Yeah, it's like her a titty crazy sword. sword attack. Yeah, thank you. It's like an unstoppable slash. Yes. Horrifying. Yeah. And it, you know, nobody is able to survive this. Like, it's kind of like when you have divine punishment, this is it. You're done. (laughs) So Tomo is kind of like, there's got to be somebody who can beat this. And he became a bit of obsessed with it. So 
as time goes on and like, you know, Kazuwa's, he's a wanderer. So he's, you know, out and about. He hears that Tomo actually requested a duel with, with the Vision Hunt Cree hunters. So he gets into this duel and the end point of it is if you lose this duel, it's end of story for you. You're getting divine punishment, you know, but this is what he's wanted. He wants to go up against it because he thinks he can stop it and he can be like, look, this isn't the ultimate. Unfortunately, he was wide eyed and wrong. <laughs> so as Kazuma was like, you know, running up stairs, slow motion, trying to get there, he falls and his blade is severed and his vision is detached. And as this is all happening, Kazuma is distraught grabs out grabs the dying vision and just runs now everybody there is like nobody we need this to put into the omnipresent god but he's like you're not taking this away and he runs and he needs to escape in azuma and that's how he ends up meeting up with beto and rito and joining the ship the alcor in the whole with the crux and stuff but the beautiful part about tomo too is like you can tell by the story just in the cutscene alone that tomo is not just his friend it is so much more than that mm. it is his boyfriend i don't care what anybody says that is his boyfriend they love each other and it's just sad because he loses his boyfriend at this time yeah mm-hmm. later on in the in the inazuma story the whole thing kind of comes to an end and the riding shogun is actually coming out to sweeply do them onto us and cause was there and he gets he's like no this isn't gonna happen and he jumps up and his other vision starts to turn colors and starts to reactivate and now he has now he has his vision and his friend's vision and he goes and he stops the muso no hitachi so and it's he saves our lives and everybody's like whoa including kazuwa he's like wait what does that mean like like, oh shit this worked (laughs) so at the end of this whole story the vision then dies again he grabs it at the end of the story when everything's kind of resolved he goes to his friend's grave and at the grave he has the, the severed sword and he puts the vision there so after you finish the inazuma storyline you can actually go there and see the vision it doesn't it's not there beforehand but the other cute part about it is this white kitten is there too you see that he loved this cat yeah because tomo had a cat yeah you see this beautiful cat in this cutscene, and it's so cute and he sits there all the time it's sad it's so sad he's waiting for him it's a beautiful story it makes me sad <laughs> and just to backtrack too to like the whole fight thing like with the Rhine Shogun with Tomo. Kazuwa also, like, when he's running up to, like, try to save Tomo, like, he already knows that he's kind of fucked because he broke in. Like, what is, is that? Is it a palace, technically? Yeah. It's like a castle. Like, the, he broke in, like, to where this whole thing was happening. He, like, broke in and already was like, well, I'm gonna die for my boyfriend today. And so I think it's even, like, a double whammy when he gets up there. And I think they even say something like, Kazuha, who's always been so good at keeping his cool, just could not contain himself in that moment. Wait, how could he? So you also mentioned, Tiff, that he runs away after snatching the vision quick. And we actually found out, I believe, during the 2022 summer event or during his character story or during the Iridori Festival. I don't know which one. During a special event, we found out that the Kamisato clan actually helped Kazuo escape Inazuma as well and kind of connected him with Beidou, which was super interesting. They Right. And another quick refresher with Inazuma. I, we have, I feel like we haven't talked about Inazuma in a while, but there's the Tri-Commission in Inazuma. And Kazuo's family, which was the Kaidehara clan, they used to be led by the Kamisatos, who are one of the three leaders of Inazuma. So the Kamisatos aka Ayato and Ayaka, because everyone else is dead, felt like they had to do something to protect Kazuha, who was also a friend of theirs. Listen, there's a lot of dead people in Inazuma. <laughs> Look, when, when you're dealing with the Raiden Shogun, fucking people are gonna fly. I know, isn't that kind of, like, insane? Like, I feel like she owes a lot of, like, retribution back to these people. Absolutely, because, yeah. like, the, the puppet that is the Raiden Shogun, it reminds me of... Oh, God, little Robert. I'm going to go back to Game of Thrones. I'm sorry, everyone. But, like, the little fucking shit who is 
now the Lord of the Aaron or whatever, Lord Robert Aaron or or Rob Aaron or whatever. And he's like this little like five-year-old who's still sucking on his mom's titty. And he's like, I want to see the little man fly. (laughs) (laughs) It feels kind of like that of like, you pissed me off. I want to kill you. Step through the fucking giant hole in this castle and fall to your death. Oh my God. I've never watched Game of Thrones. I'm shook. Yeah, it's, it's, it's fucked up. Peter Dinklage was amazing in that. Anyway, no, it feels like the write-in, I mean, didn't throw a tantrum, but like, you do not compute. I am gonna kill you. I mean, yeah, it definitely feels like A should like program the puppet to like go on an apology tour. (laughs) Just like, I'm so sorry I killed all these people. I ruined your family's lives. (laughs) My bad. These poor orphans. These orphans are now orphans of orphans. Yeah. Because even though he didn't, she didn't directly, she directly ruined Kazuo's relationship, you know, by mm-hmm. ending it. She didn't directly cause problems with his family, but she is the reason for it, which we'll get into in a little bit. Da-da-da. You know, it's funny you mentioned like the whole Kazuha maybe not necessarily forgiving the Ryan Shogun thing. He says that he actually finds like, while he's upset about it, he finds the justice that was given to Tomo right. Like, not the justice, Mm -hmm. the punishment that was given to Tomo right and just. Like, you know, it was an agreement. He, while it makes him sad, understands it and thinks that it was done the way it should have been. You know, Kazuha has some other things that he's not necessarily happy with. And during the yokai event, that happens in Inazuma. We like team up. It's like a ghost hunting event at first that turns into like an actual issue. And there's three parts of the quest and you can like partner up with different people. And if you partner up with Kazuha at the one point, you actually run into the Raiden Shogun at the end with him. And Kazuha is like, I'm gonna go away. I don't want like any yeah. unnecessary unpleasantries. And for me, it was hard to tell whether or not he was like, I don't want to deal with her. She's a bitch. Or if it was, I don't need her apologizing to me tenfold. Like I just need to like get out of here so his mindset on the situation is very interesting too and maybe that's the poet in him i don't know maybe that's the wind or maybe that's all the weed he smokes i don't know (laughs) (laughs) i wonder i mean he doesn't necessarily know that that's a puppet right i don't think anyone in inazuma knows except for us right he has an interesting little um interaction with Kujo Sara as well because he hates everybody that follows the Raiden Shogun. Like, it's not just the Raiden Shogun. Like, he was against it all. And uh, I think it's in the Iridori Festival. They have kind of like a, hey, we don't have to talk about that, but like, okay, we're good. We're good. And they just kind of like move on. Right, because Kujo Sara was part of the group that like confiscated all of the Kadehara belongings when their family fell apart Mm -hmm. and Kazuwa disappeared. So they're like, He's a wanted man. They're like, "Ah, I guess I gotta take this guy's stuff. Yeah, and they kind of, in the Iridori Festival, we need to get to some of it. (laughs) And we have to go up there and Cosmo's kind of like, yeah, hi. He like hides his hand over his eyes. He's like, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) (laughs) remember me. (laughs) But so what happens to Kazuwa after, you know, he gets the help of Ayato and Ayaka, you know, the golden siblings of this game, and he meets Beidou. He ends up wandering around with them, basically. Yeah, he joins the ship's crew. He doesn't talk much, which doesn't surprise anybody. He talks to her a lot, but... (laughs) She makes him talk to her. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he becomes a passenger of the Crux and just enjoys sort of wandering on, you know, many a boat ride. And we actually meet Kazuo when he and Beto are organizing a contest. And the winner of the contest is to receive the dead vision to see if anyone can activate it. I like that they're holding like an albedo level science experiment in leeway and they didn't invite him. <laughs> I'm offended. Maybe he was invited. He just didn't know because he was like in his cave. Stop it. <laughs> Not the cave. I don't think he has a mailbox in his cave, does he? I don't think anyone would want to deliver mail there. He's <laughs> <laughs> going up there to deliver. I would just for him. But anyway, and at this point in the game, we've never heard of a dead vision unless you've like deep dived into Mona's story. I believe. Mm-hmm. Yes, because Mona's 
Beth's vision was a gift that her teacher gave to her, the old hag, as a teaching aid. And it was just, you know, a dead vision that she received and then it activated with her. So that's really, I think, the only place before this quest where we've even really heard of that. Yeah, and how many people actually, like, read that far in the Mona storyline at this point in the game, too? Because Leeway was, like, released pretty quickly, from what I understand. Mm Mm-hmm. So it's really the first time probably 95% of travelers have seen a dead vision. What were your first like takes on that when you saw it? Did you think you'd be able to revive it? Because I totally thought we we could do it because we can do anything in this game. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's why it made the moment when it activates on Kazawa so much more impactful mm-hmm. and meaningful, you know, that it was like the ghost of his lover was sort of like with him in that moment. Mm-hmm. And it was so unexpected because I really thought that it would be Traveler that activated it. And like you kind of forget about it. Yeah. And then we don't get to that moment until, you know, the end of Inazuma. So everyone had sort of forgotten about this dead vision that he was carrying around with him but by then and so so when it suddenly lights up it's like huh. <laughs> like oh shit Puzzle himself was pretty shocked that traveler wasn't able to activate it just being that we already had the power of all of the elements it was kind of like well if anybody's gonna be able to do it it would be you and nothing happened yeah and he looks so sad too like yeah. i think he was really kind of heartbroken of like oh i thought you know it was sort of like you know it made it to where Tomo's death was like real. Yeah. Look, we just haven't finished our Avatar story. It's true. We haven't <laughs> gone to all the nations yet. We haven't mastered <laughs> every element yet. We're only on Hydra now. We've got two more to go and then we can revivify. <laughs> One of the things that could also be if you think of visions being selected for the person for a specific reason I mean, to go back to what B said that like it reactivated itself and we were all kind of like, whoa, look at that. We also hear a line repeated from Tomo that is there will always be those who dare to brave the lightning's flow so in that moment he was going up against the Raiden Shogun so it came it was like he needed that extra oomph of the electro power to kind of you know get against her Um, and it kind of knew that and I almost feel like that's kind of the reason why it didn't at that point I think if we had tried it another time I feel like it may have once we got really involved with the Vision Hunt Decree and trying to like get a little bit more like we, we started hating her I guess and kind of going up against her yeah there is a possibility but it's so great that it works for possible right and i think it's so like i don't know the right word i i, I know the word i can't think of the right word but cosmo is just such a, a strong character after that to instead be like oh let me hold on to this and use it whenever i need like and hope for the best he's like no tomo finally got to win against this and now mm-hmm. i'm going to let even mm-hmm. his powers rest yeah it's so fucking sad it's so beautiful it's like he gave it back to him like this is something you've been missing because he's obviously known where he is buried the whole time mm-hmm. gets there real quick so he thought like you know i mean i think also at that point he didn't want somebody just coming up and taking it and stick it into the omnipresent god you know once that was over and what's really interesting was that when it activates it's like it really is activating like in his whole body like mm-hmm. it's not just the talent itself that lights mm-hmm. up because his eyes actually start like crackling with electricity mm-hmm. like when the vision activates when Kazuo is using his animal powers he doesn't have like wind swirls in his eyes so it really almost seems like the spirit of Tomo took over mm-hmm. which in Kazuo's storyline we know that swords can kind of take over a human <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Yo, that whole thing, that whole storyline. One, it's always fun to like learn about swordsmanship and sword crafting because I'm a fucking weird nerd. But it is just the perfect parallel for the third movie of Inuyasha. <laughs> it is. Al's 100% right. It is. It is so good and also i do have that sword specifically on kazuha but now i can change it because i have his best in slot or one of the best in slots i i found something amazing feeny that i think you would like if we want to go into that now we can also wait a bit no i want to go into a storyline but i do just want to give one quick prelude
food before we do, actually. For travelers who don't know, we've kind of hinted at it. Kazuha comes from the Kadehara clan, which again was under the Kamisatos. The Kadehara clan was very well known for their swordsmanship, not swordsmanship, but like their blade work. So making the swords. uh, Sword metal thurgy? No, swordsmithing. Swordsmithing. (laughs) That's the word. Like Wagner. But back in the heyday of Inazuma, pre-Vision Hunt degree, pre-everything crazy, Blade's work was very, very popular. And they were like several different families that were known for Blade's work. Kazuo's family was one of them. And starting with his grandfather, there started to be a decline in the Kadeharas. And at one point, you know, Kazuo's own father tells him, if there is something more in your heart that you want to follow, like, do that, because this is a dying cause. So this <laughs> character story, which was not released with him, which is weird. There's only like, what, three characters that didn't get a story released at the same time as them? Which another one of them is Wanderer, just saying more parallels between the two of them. But when we do eventually get this character story, we actually dive a little bit more into the blade work, which we are going to talk about now. Yes, the Katahara family was a part of the Ishin art, which was one of the five schools of the writing in Gokudin, which was about all the things that are, had kind of happened to start the decline was about a hundred years ago when it actually just started to go it was with his great grandfather there were some bad vibes bad vibes But the Riding Gokuden, so just to give a little idea of the Riding Gokuden, it was five schools of blade work. And then each within each one, there's only actually two that are kind of still alive right now. The Ishin art, which is Kazuha, only because he is technically still alive, but he's really the only one doing anything with it. Mm-hmm. The other one is the Amanoma art is really the one that's still thriving. Like that's the big one that's still kind of going and stuff like that. And basically these people were taught by Riding Shogun. So like these are how she's made things and stuff like that and there was a time when she requested some blades to be made and for these people to actually you know come and make these swords and stuff like that for her and there's a a little story that goes along with it of how it didn't kind of work out all that well for them but I just wanted to just mention with the Ishin art like I said it's the Kardahara clan the Niwa clan and the Akami clan Mm -hmm. they were all kind of doing this one type of kind of work and stuff like that and they're all do you want me to go into the downfall of them (laughs) just like so that's a little bit about them but here's how they die (laughs) so the raiden gokuden was these five different schools right and then they all sort of went through a decline around the same time yes because a certain someone Mm -hmm. (laughs) was out to get them (laughs) yes and it's not really their fault. It really is. It's Raiden Shogun's fault. That Scaramouche, the Wanderer, at this time being known as Kanazukishi. Kuni. Say it again? Uh, a lot of people just call him Kuni in the fandoms. Oh, well, that's a lot more easy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a lot more easy. That doesn't mean if I can... We gotta, yeah. <laughs> we're just going to say Kuni. <laughs> yeah. So this time, Skara is... Or Wanderer, <laughs> whatever you want to call him. Kuni Kazushi at this time, which we're just going to call him Kuni because that's just a lot for my mouth (laughs) to say. (laughs) He is pissed at the Raiden Shogun because at this point he has been thrown to the side. He is with the Fatui, so he actually, I guess, is kind of going by the name the Balladeer probably at this point also. But he's um goes under this name and kind of like works his way in where he kind of like I don't even really know exactly how he fucks up the other the other schools as much as he's kind of like, oh look, you people suck and I'm gonna tell the shogun on you and like scares them basically to leaving. Like it actually tells them to go to Shinsnaya at one point. Well so uh, he somehow messed up like the metalworking plans that they were using to make the whatever sword they were trying to make for the Raiden Shogun. And so that's why they were scared because like all of these swords they made were defective because Skara somehow messed with the actual plans that were drawn up to be used for the making of these swords. What a bitch. And everyone's like, oh shit, she's gonna kill us. <laughs> she's gonna rip our heads off. And I was a little I was a little unclear on why he would like, was he just doing this out of just to fuck with anything having to do with the right in Shogun? Yeah, it felt that way. Or was it because he thought that Niwa betrayed him? <gasps> mm, that's right. Yes. 
That's got to be it. Because Miwa was in one of those schools. Miwa right? is a part of the Ishin art along with the Kataharas. Yeah, because he was a Kaitahara, but he was, I think, like adopted into a different family. Yeah. Well, Niwa is a part of it, but Kazawa's great-grandfather, Yoshinori, he was a Niwa, and he was adopted into the Katahar. Is that exactly what you just said? Did I just repeat? <laughs> no, no. I think I couldn't remember which one of them it was. I just knew there was a Kaitahara who was also like in the Niwa family or whatever. He's technically a Niwa, and he then was adopted into the Katahara family, So, which actually makes Kazawa part Niwa as well. Mm-hmm. My head is spinning. Same. <laughs> so Skara was like fooled by Dottore into thinking that Niwa betrayed him. His foster day. Yeah. So he went, he basically played the long game of like fucking with <laughs> the, the Niwa clan, I guess. But also like all of the Raiden Gokuden were fair game, I guess. Well, <laughs> when you've been scoring and you're thinking of eating arms, like you do whatever you want. Oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> it always comes back up, and it always makes me laugh. I'm just like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> you really did, though. You you know for sure Dodorite ate those arms. He hesitated and didn't do it. <laughs> Dodorite, yeah. when the timeline changes, he ate... He, he slathered that shit in barbecue sauce. <laughs> yeah, he did. With a, like a nice did. garlic aioli. Like, he put on his bed. <laughs> like a lobster he got your bib. Al's famous uh, ranch <laughs> recipe. <gasps> Uh, I want it so bad. Blasphemize. One one day you will have it. I just got to figure out the the logistics of getting it to you. I'm going to send Al so much dry ice. If any listeners don't know what we're talking about, please go back and listen to our Scaramouche episode where we go into detail about this. Yes. Also, I thought you were about to mention my ranch. I'm like, I didn't realize we talked about my ranch during that episode. (laughs) (laughs) She's like, I'm still stuck on the ranch. (laughs) I'm a Midwest hoe. (laughs) And I'm a ranch fanatic. And I really want to try Al's ranch. She raves about it. I want it in my belly. Who doesn't love ranch? There are people. It's sad. Those people live sad lives. They They do. Yeah. How do you eat carrots and cauliflower and pizza and anything else (laughs) you dip into it? I had an everything ranch dip the other day and it was so good. But um, I just wanted to let you know. (laughs) I'm imagining Dodore dipping some fingers in it now. (laughs) I mean, it it does say everything in the description. No, no, no. no. But yeah, so how start to learn about this swordsmanship stuff with the talking mind-stealing sword which is kind of he's kind of a dick i wasn't a fan <laughs> the guy's stuck in the sword well let's just go back to the case of the eccentric which is actually what brings down the the writing gokudan if we could just just to wrap that part up yeah so scar gets his little wheezy little hands cooney whoever you know that dude gets his little weasley hands in there screws up the diagrams two schools are left um the one that we know is going to end up being the one that does everything in katahara within the ishin art is the other one that's left and basically yoshinori closes down the business to protect on his whole family from scar because he's just like we're not doing this anymore nobody's going to make this blade he knows what happened like he knows exactly what happened to the diagram and why the blade's not working and he actually technically hides the answer within it so you know he wants to close the business all this stuff and his son who is he's great-grandfather so Kazuo's grandfather was like no we can't do that like we have to keep it and he's like well if you can make this then we'll stay open and he keeps kind of giving the hint of the secret is hidden within and the dude doesn't pick it up he's just like not picking up what he's dropping so he does not make the blade it's doesn't work out they close up shop and they're kind of like that's it we're not going to do this anymore just to be able to basically to protect his family they lose their fortune and they kind of move along at this point and Skyro leaves them alone Skyro's like well i guess i fucked enough shit up there (laughs) (laughs) it's so interesting i know i i know we have like a whole episode on Skara, so i won't say too much but i just think it's so interesting how he really just became a scorned scorned man and like you know when he finds finds out everything was really Dodore's fault and he wasn't a scorned, scorned man. He like has guilt and stuff. It's just, he's very interesting character. Very interesting. Very spiteful. (laughs) I have a theory with your liking 
of him. Because, you know, what would be the reason why fiends would love the fact that this evil <laughs> character has a redemption and has a heart and like kind of comes back <laughs> and like gets like, you know, hey, I, I did some shitty thing. That's not cool. I'm a better person now. The joke is on you because I never said I liked him. <laughs> no, I'm saying you like this whole story because it's tartagalicious. It reminds you of child. No, no. Yeah, it <laughs> runs on the side of it's the tartagula. It's a, the lines. They all lines. Everything runs together. <laughs> I mean, I kind of ship them at times, but that's about it. You too? Uh-oh. You have the most interesting ships. I don't make them up. <laughs> I just, I see them. <laughs> I, like, I get exposed to them and I'm like, ah. <laughs> You've never seen Scar Child stuff? No. I have. It's hot, but like the Scar Kazuha version is far better. Oh, but like thinking about their past though, that's like, blah, blah, blah. No, I ship Hu Tao and Kazuha. So sorry. <laughs> I, I... And before that, it was Yoimiya and Kazuha. Those are the only two that I accept. You know what? It's a weird ship. Yomiya and Child. I mean, they had a moment. They did have a moment. A moment <laughs> where they probably sucked each other off. I'm sorry. All right. <laughs> that escalated quickly. The answer is Al's horny. <laughs> when am I not? But also, anyway. So to cool things off a little bit tip yeah <laughs> what happened with this blade so this so the, there's a hidden piece to the puzzle basically within this blade and nobody has found it during the iridori festival we kind of go down this whole story of the five kasin which is a great story line and we we've talked about the iridori festival in, in multiple of our past episodes as well it just had a lot of good stuff in it. And there's kind of like peace that happens. Like a lot of this stuff looks like all of these characters that are happening in this Kassen kind of mimic the lives of the people who are involved with the reading and Albedo's doing these paintings of them. And they're kind of like, get to this point where they're like, wait a second. Like there's gotta be something that goes back to my great grandfather. Kazu was kind of like, hmm. And then he kind of like looks at Ayaka because she's there too. And he's like, do you mind if we kind of like talk this out a little bit? And, you know, she's just kind of like, well, everybody here is, they're going to, who's the, who are they telling? So they go through their history and stuff and they realize that there's going to be some clue in the old stuff of the Katahara estate that Kudrasara has put into a warehouse, respectfully. <laughs> is it the same warehouse that Venti got drunk in? Yes. I feel like... Wait, no, I thought he got drunk on a ship. He gets drunk everywhere. He was drunk in the warehouse, too. I think he was drunk on the ship and then was found in a warehouse. Oh. Yeah, and I think that they move the Katahara stuff from the warehouse that he gets drunk into and into another warehouse. Because they repeated a few times, like, hey, sorry, it's a little messy. Like, we just moved all this stuff in here from a different warehouse. Venti fucking shit up. Yeah, like, Venti, like, threw up on shit and they're like, <laughs> we gotta go move this out. <laughs> we go to this warehouse though Kujo Sara has it all set up the police let us in and we snoop around through all the stuff you know we find some interesting things and finally we see a bonsai tree and it's dead because it's in a warehouse and it's old it's not been taken care of how rude of them to not take care of it (laughs) yeah I know just like at least water it fuckers yeah. <laughs> like why they just have the dead bonsai tree and so he Kazuma recognizes this planter which is actually interesting into a, a foreshadowing i guess when this, this bonsai tree actually becomes important within one of the summer stories as well so he recognizes where it used to be like in their home and says how important it was and that after his great-grandfather gave up the art of bladesmithing he started doing bonsai and it was like his pride so they always kept this one bonsai tree and they had this interesting planter And then, you know, nobody after a hundred years has ever noticed that there's a draw underneath it. (laughs) And, but you know, our little team does and they open it up and they actually find a letter. Like it basically tells the story. It's his great grandfather being like, Hey, we only stopped because of Scar. He did it. There was a piece missing. You know, he could just kind of like throws everybody out. Like this is everything that happened. And we kind of find out this is where a lot of the, the end story um, that we've kind of already gone through kind of all gets revealed to us. And it's all part of a bonsai tree in a cool planter. It was so sad. Like, they showed the cutscene, didn't they, of, like, Skara basically, like, killing off these people, too? Yeah, it was fucked. Yeah. <laughs> so then now he's got a warehouse full of shit, though. Like, you know, he's like, Rah. and he's like, I like being a wanderer. I don't really want all this stuff. Mm-hmm. So he asks 
after they're done doing their snooping, he asks uh, Kujosara to sell off everything that's in there and give the money to the poor. Just in case you didn't like Kazuha and you yeah. didn't think he was a good guy. <laughs> we'll just add in the fact that he sold his parent, his, his like his inheritance, yeah, to feed the poor. It's a good dude. I like that he made Sara do it too. Yeah. 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 I feel like you get that moment where Sara's like, oh, that it, it'd be my, you know, like my honor to do that. And then I'm like, he just, bitch, he just gave you a job to do. <laughs> He's like, <laughs> you got to go through all this shit and put price tags on it. If anybody's done a yard sale, you know that shit ain't easy. No. Imagine haggling with people. <laughs> Magic Kujo, Sara managing a yard sale and Ito's like switch the stickers on things. <laughs> And he's like, yes, it says it's five dollars. Totally. It says it's five dollars. <laughs> and she's like, I saw you take off the tag. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that would be so intense. I would love it. <laughs> the dynamic of those two. And if, if I remember correctly, too, during the Iridori Festival, you know, we have our whole thing with poor Shing Show, who has terrible penmanship and can't sign all of his books. And our little ragtag group that's investigating also helps Shingsho. And isn't it Kazuwa's idea to make the stamp of his signature? Well, I thought that was Albedo's idea. I think Albedo made the stamp. Well, no, no. Kazuwa volunteers to carve the stamps. Oh, so I have it backwards. Mm. Kazuwa makes it Albedo's idea. Uh, yeah, well, I don't actually, I don't know whose idea it was. I just know that he volunteered to carve them. Definitely wasn't Xingxiao's idea. No. No. <laughs> that poor boy was suffering. Let me just talk about the fact that they gave him a limp wrist. <laughs> <laughs> He's busy doing other things with it. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, he is. Anywho, Talking Blade um, is another part of the story for Kazuma. Not to be mixed up with Blade from Star Rail. Ugh. Who would ever? <laughs> um, a Speaking lot of, of people. Another extremely powerful Animo character. <laughs> <laughs> Do they have Animo over there? Kind it's of. It's called something else now, right? It's called the Hunt, right? It's the it's the Hunt, Brandon. <laughs> well, they they so they have the Hunt, but it's also just his element because you could have different elements. I get so confused. Still be the Hunt. Yeah. So you have like an affiliate, basically, and then an element. Yeah. Here's the thing: the sword. But basically, when you read the description of the sword, basically, it's the whole storyline is is to figure out, like, again, the the downfall of the Katahari clan. But this sword specifically is a sword that basically we find out is one of the descendants of the clan tried to make it to, you know, regain the prosperity and, and the renown that the Kataharas had previously when they were swordsmiths. In order to do that, they decided that they were not going to use steel and that they're not going to use jade, but some other material from the far north, which I think it's from Dragonspine, the material they used, because it is red, like that red ore you get that fires and shit. But when they forged it, they cast a demon inside it. Right. Whoops. An entity of pure malice, which I think they purposely did that because they wanted to make it was part of like this whole school, the Akame school of swordsmithing. And they were like, we want to make the bloodiest, the like the fucking lethalest sword ever. And of course, put a demon in it. Fuck yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Makes and- sense. You know, <laughs> malicious demons. In a sword. What else are they going to do? Kill everything. So basically, it's like, I think the description says something that in the moonlight, the the red stone or like the red material of the actual sword looks like like blood dripping off it in the moonlight. And it's, it's really creepy. It's really fucked up. And the reason I paid attention to it is just because of Inuyasha. And again, we brought it up again. I brought it up again this time. But not very similar <laughs> in the third movie of Inuyasha, there is a similar sword that is a demon-infused sword. And basically, if you touch it, uh, it kind of takes control over you. Yeah. We first learn about this sword in the game when we've run into these, like, two random samurai guys. And they're, like, fighting each other, I think. And then we kind of step in. We're like, whoa, ho, ho. 
And they attack us because, you know, we interrupted. <laughs> we, we got what we deserved, I guess. But we beat them. And after winning, they're like, where's Kazwa? Do you know Kazwa? And we're kind of like, oh, you guys so scary. Like, I don't really want to tell you anything about Kazwa. <laughs> so I'm going to play dumb and say that he's not my friend. And after he leaves, we're kind of freaked out about it. And so we go back to Rito. We find like the crux and we're like, hey, where the hell is Kazwa? Like, we got to warn him about these samurais. So they tell us that like someone came and found him and brought him to the Tenryo Commission. So we head over there where we see Kazwa talking with the head of the Kujo clan. I, I, Kamaji? He's also the guy who's like supposed to get married in Ayato's storyline that we like stop from happening. Yeah, with the glasses. I don't like that guy. He tries to prove himself to like the Ryan Shogun at some point. Anyway, <laughs> we go there and him and Kazuo are talking and you can kind of hear him saying something how he wants to do like a charitable act toward Kazuo. And you can kind of tell that Kazuo is not about it. He doesn't want to have the conversation. So when he hears us talk about mysterious samurai, he's like, peace out. I gotta go. Bye. And he joins us. <laughs> He's out. Cub Scout. So then we go um, and we ask some people for help. I think we might go to that like detective agency. We learn about people going missing. Like there is a whole thing about it. And that's when we start to learn about this blade that Al was just talking about. And we're, we learn that this blade typically like chooses its own owner, which is weird. And so we go to a bladesmith in town and we ask him about it. And he starts to tell us about how his like nephew disappeared. And then we go try to find the nephew. Uh, we get attacked, blah, 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 blah. And we find the sword. And I don't remember if the sword is like with the nephew or with like a different samurai. Uh, but we do find the sword. We fight someone holding the sword. And that's where we find out that this sword is wild. and we find out that the person who has the sword is actually being manipulated by it and is being like possessed by it basically and then uh, we kind of decide that we have to do something about it and i think kazua ends up being like i'm gonna hold it and paimon's like kazua this sounds really good don't do it and i'm pretty sure kazua (laughs) like lets himself be possessed by this sword at one point can you imagine evil Kazuo? like how terrifying would that be they're kind of be hot there's a few times i think that it takes over him um but he wants to learn and know what it is prices you gotta pay yeah and at one point like Kazuo lets him lets the sword like take over him so that he can basically reforge himself because you find out the sword is in like a lot of pain like you know it's a human sword look it it needs blood and so Kazuo like lets it take over his body basically so that he can become normal again and that's basically the story (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean a very brief version of it but before that and we think that you know it's every blade has this evil spirit like you were saying and it's I think it was Taragami was the the evilness that was in this blade oh it's not. We find out at the end, though, that it's not. It's because the guy who is causing all this and who's stuck in there, he's embarrassed, basically, that he created this sword that caused all these problems and it was, you know, going to have all this, like, all this trouble and stuff. And he tells us his name at the end after Kazuha kind of reforges the blade and he kind of is just like, you know, my name is Kagatasurube Ishin. Kagatasurube. That's as close as I'm going to get to it. (laughs) And (laughs) that's his actual name. And that kind of like gives, you know, like you hear that a lot in different stories. Getting back your identity kind of like lets you free. Mm -hmm. And that kind of, you know, really does let the spirit free and kind of, you know, stop being a dick taking over people. So it wasn't a Tataragami. No, I think he, they thought it was. And then there was times when they like suspected that it was they were they first suspected i think that it actually was and then they were like all right there's other stuff kind of going on so then i think they as they became suspicious of it mm-hmm. because i think there was like remnants of the tataragami kind of like kind of giving off vibes in that area <laughs> the tataragami is like the evil energy from Orobashi's corpse right yes yeah and they thought that it was i guess i don't know if they actually ever thought it was like Orobashi specifically or just a piece or somebody who followed Orobashi, maybe mm-hmm. So don't quote me on it. <laughs> That's interesting, though. 
I know in the end, it was not. It ends up being this dude who was basically just trying to make things right and didn't did not do well with that. But why was this tied to Kazua? Because the sword, they were trying, people that were trying to make the swords originally were not, they were trying to do the Ishin art. Oh. Yeah, so it brought it, but I want to say they weren't a part of the Ishin art originally. They were maybe from one of the other schools. But they learned the Ishin art, yeah. Okay, I see. And that's why it's so, that's why Kazuha wants to let the sword take over his body at the 1.2, because he's like, I'm going to learn the Ishin art, which is dead, even though he has no plans of ever doing anything with it. But I think for that simple act is actually what makes the Katahara clan still be recognized as a blade working family in present time. Right. Just that little bit. But you get the sword, you know, here's this evil dead sword. We gave it back to somebody else in the story, but <laughs> you get it as the traveler. <laughs> <laughs> You know, there's a few times, there's a few things that it's like, hey, you know, uh, here's this really evil thing. Here, take it. Just, just put it in your pocket. <laughs> it's the one with the eyeball, right? No, that's the umbrella. Oh, yeah. That's from the yokai event. That's a creepy ass sword. <laughs> yeah, it's the best. Oh, this is just the red one. Yeah, the this is the one that one. matches okay. its fit. It looks like Miss Splitter, but red. So when I did this, this quest, I literally felt like I was on Trooms or something. And we always joked that Kaz was high. But this was like such an uh-huh. out of left field event, I felt. Yeah. Especially coming off of the Iridori Festival, which ha- was really like very like put together. <laughs> yeah, it does feel random. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, we we want to tell you more about them, but we're not really sure. There's too much more to say. <laughs> we're just going to like, you know, add this in. Because I feel like that's where we get into the most recent summer event. We start to learn more about his family and this the blade work and, you know, the trials and tribulations. I enjoyed a lot about the, the summer event on the archipelago, or as other people want to say, the archipelago. No, as, <laughs> as you should say it. <laughs> <laughs> You know, getting to see, like, learning all the stuff about Mona and Fischl and Jinyan, I like, her story changed my whole thoughts on her, and Kazuha's put me to sleep. <laughs> and I don't know if it's my lack of interest in sword work that just kind of also kind of adds something to me, or I get so confused with the names. Right. But you do learn a little bit more about his family back then, mm-hmm. too. I love the fact that you you were like, I was falling asleep, so was Kazuha, he was drunk at Angel Share. At the start of that quest. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I remember being like, look at this sweet baby angel passed out drunk. (laughs) And then I remember in the back of my head being like, well, every time you see Venti pass out drunk, you definitely don't think that. (laughs) I'm like, not this bitch again. (laughs) But the summer event was like super cute. And I felt like it gave us another side of Kazuha. You know, he was forced to talk about his past in front of people that didn't know his past. So, you know, during the Iridori Festival, he had Ayaka there who knew his story who knew his family during the swords the sword story quest at that point we were presumed to have already known Kazuha's story Beidou already knows his story but we're with Jinyan <laughs> Fischl and Mona and Mona even scries and says that like Kazuha is one of like the most powerful people and she's basically like yeah we need you as our defender and then Fischl's like <laughs> I the Presensen request you to be my knight or some shit like that <laughs> Mona's like, this guy is O P A F. Yeah, she like shocks herself even, doesn't she? I yeah, I remember her being like, whoa. <laughs> and that like definitely raised a lot of like not red flags, but like just flags in my head. Cause I was like, oh well, we know Kazuha has been able to activate a second vision before. And numerous people talk about how Kaz was very unassuming to look at. But even Beto mentions that like the first time she saw him wield a sword, she was shook. Mm-hmm. That's why he's giving main character energy. Right. And you know, we, we've we talked a lot in the podcast about like characters we think are the strongest in the game and Kazwa always comes up. And there's just something in the back of my mind because of Mona Scry that makes me say, oh yeah, like he's definitely got to be like outside of the gods and the uh, special creatures question mark 
<laughs> I feel like Kazuha has to be one of the strongest. I think there might be stronger, but definitely the strongest in Izuma. Mm, I don't know. I mean, I'm biased because I play him as a main, so I'm always doing, you know, combat with him. But yeah, I definitely think he's one of the most powerful. Oh, and by powerful too, I mean lore-wise, just so you guys know. Oh, yeah. I don't care about the other oh, stuff. Oh, I mean combat-wise and lore-wise. <laughs> Plus he has that whole sort of, his fate is sort of tied in with Scaramouches in an interesting way. Yes. I think that is so interesting, just knowing that like Scara is kind of the whole reason why <laughs> his family had a downfall. And of course, mm-hmm. Kazuha doesn't know that. And Kazuha would never know that because Ermansol was also changed. And Right. That doesn't happen anymore in that way. I think they have it where like the different blades work groups go like oh, against each wild. other. Yeah. And it's really interesting because Scara actually has a voice line about Kazuha where he says something like, oh, that guy. Oh, he also has an animal vision. Oh, he also stood up against my mother. <laughs> and that's great. I <laughs> love that. <laughs> <laughs> and when Ermansoul is first changed and the Traveler is the first person to really notice that, well, because Traveler's the only person who can notice that, the first thing that the Traveler does is go and check on Kazuha. We fly our asses <laughs> oh, over right. to Inazuma. Yeah. <laughs> we got there in record time. It took us how mm-hmm. long to get to Inazuma on boat? Yeah. <laughs> we have to figure out more about these stupid waypoints, man. <laughs> Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. <laughs> I didn't realize that Goro was so close with him. Right. Yeah. They they're like maybe more than friends at some points. Yeah. It definitely feels flirty. Mm-hmm. With if you look at their voice lines about each other, and I was like, oh, I did not know this was a thing, but I'm not mad at it. Yeah. Doesn't Kokomi say that they're like always fighting back to back or something like that? Yeah. She says that he got along very well with Goro. <laughs> that they would often fight side by side in battle. And Goro's basically says something similar. And he thinks that he and Kazuha make a great team together. <laughs> Aww. Well, I guess that bears the question, who is your favorite Kazuha ship and why? <laughs> Mine's Huto, and you're going to tell the story, so I'm going to leave it to you. <laughs> oh, no. Okay. <laughs> I don't like it. I don't like the Huto one. It's so good. It's so good. So the reason Tiff and I ship Hu Tao and Kazuha is because during the most recent TCG event that happened, I think it was the summer of 2023, we like partake in this whole thing where we're walking around with Charlotte from Fontaine and we're helping her report on this person stealing cards. But also like we're checking out the scene. So when we get the leeway for this TCG tournament, we run the Kazuha who has never played TCG before. He says he wants to learn it. So we bring him the Hu Tao and blah, 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 blah. Hu Tao and Kazuha immediately hit it off. And there is some high flirting going on. Like I have mm-hmm. never seen flirting like that so hardcore in this game, at least not in a long time. And they're like really hardcore for flirting on all of a sudden Kaching walks over. And now <laughs> Kazuha is talking with Kaching, and all you see is Hu Tao like stalking behind them, like pacing back and <laughs> forth. 
And then at one point she's out of like the freaking frame and she literally hops up off of the ground and is like, I'm here. Like <laughs> it is hysterical. Like she's not joking. Like you see her like, like almost like it's as if she was tiptoeing in the back, like leaning her ear in, like, hey, um, what's going on here? She's like fucking Kaching, coming to take my man. You already have everything yeah. else, Kaching. Let me have this. <laughs> <laughs> it is so funny all of Hu Tao's like jealousy comes out that you didn't know Hu Tao had she's like you know Kaching, I have a brand new coffin that's made out of oak wood that I think you'd look great in right about now <laughs> besides Hu Tao my, I do love the Hu Tao ship because of that I also like Kazuo Yoimiya I think that they would balance each other out very well and you know, she's got like that high energy. He's a little calmer. I think he could be high energy in situations and she would be very reassuring or like, you know, when he wakes up having nightmares um, type of thing. This is also assuming that the cause was by, you know. All right. <laughs> I like, I mean, I didn't know about the Goro one, but that one's okay. And I kind of like, I know Hazo is a big one, but I feel like we haven't really seen them hang out really in the game have we not really like, i feel like that was sort of teased but they haven't actually shown it but i don't love that one but i also like the ayaka ship with him yeah yeah i like the ayaka one i think that one's cool i think the haizo one is born out of like an enemies the lover type of idea because haizo was a detective looking for kazuha when he was like on the run from my right. understanding that makes sense yeah because his voice lines talk about like now that the vision hunt decree has been repealed that he no longer has any grounds to arrest him but then then he's like but i guess now i can just openly invite him to come to the tenryo commission and discuss cases with me <laughs> <laughs> yeah because doesn't he think that kazuha is like brilliant or so, like basically yeah it seems like it interesting and al i mean outside of tomo yeah he's dead so we can't ship them right now oh at least not right now yeah maybe like five years ago we could have shipped them <laughs> yeah five years ago um oh, it's so difficult because most of wh who i wanted to be with mm, not necessarily conventional all right who is it is it is it weird that I kind of want him? How do how do I explain this? How do I explain this? I'm like the suspense is killing me. <laughs> you give a name. Give a name. Ito, really? I really wanted Ito because it was really fucking weird. <laughs> What's wrong with that? Of course, it's Ito. Well, not everyone is, you know, with it, which is fine. But like Ito, like I would just want something funny or like interesting so i don't like it it feels so easy to be like ayaka mm -hmm. but then i also am like he should be dating Poma and ayato <laughs> he could he and goro could be in a throuple with ito that's true yeah that's, that's what i'm thinking at that point it's like yeah <laughs> yeah give me give me some ito just want ito like oh you're gonna you have poetry <laughs> I've got sick rhymes. I was just like, I just want to see Ito naked. Like, just show me Ito. <laughs> yeah. I just need Ito to always be a ship. <laughs> uh, there's a cute story in his, it's his character story three that I think is worthwhile mentioning because we know that he obviously resonates with the wind. He's an animo vision and all that kind of stuff. And it's actually even what makes him kind of a part of the, the gang on the crux is because he can tell when there's a storm coming or when there's bad weather and all this stuff because he can pay he knows the wind like he's he's his own like weatherman and his little character story that's just you know him being a wanderer kind of walking around he runs into a traveling merchant and they kind of just start walking together and the rain starts and it's just you know it's pummeling on them and they come across a hut and the merchant is like, thank the heavens, I need to get out of this rain. And Kazuo is like, there's something wrong. He's like, I, I wouldn't do that. And the merchant's like, what are you talking about? Like, it's it's like rain, we're going. So he goes up and he knocks on the door and this like old woman, who I assume is actually an old woman, but for some reason, I like picture like an old little like lady. <laughs> she offers him shelter and food and tea for the night. So the merchant's so excited, goes in, has his fill. As soon as he's done eating, he starts feeling very drowsy. <laughs> and he passes out, dead cold. Oh my God. He wakes up 
to the sun blinding him in his eyes and Kazuma standing over him. And he is just in mud. There's no bedding. There's no hut. There's no nothing. And now he's throwing up leaves and mud. And he's just like, I do not know what's going on. This is crazy. Where was all like, where's the hut? Where's everything? And Kazuma is just laughing. And he's like, I think you need to pay more attention to the wind because the wind is weaker around homes. And there was the wind didn't get weaker around all the around the hut. Like it just kind of went through it. So he's like, and therefore, I think that you were tricked by him. So he's like a kichibushi. Yeah, so I just imagine it is Kijibushi too, because he's a, he's a Bake Dunu. So he's a prank. But like, what kind of fucking prank is that? Like the Bake Dunu, he's like, Haha, I'm going to get these guys. It's raining. Let me pretend to feed them <laughs> and shelter them and then just make them throw up leaves and mud and leave them <laughs> in, the, in, the, in the mud the next day. And Kazuo is just like, yeah, you should pay more attention to the wind. It's like, not all of us are a weather vane, Kazuo. <laughs> I'm dead. True. And who would know? <laughs> so if you're ever wandering around, it starts to rain and the wind doesn't slow down around houses, don't go in. I mean, you most likely you won't have a bucket. You're going to have like a friggin' like serial killer. But it's going to be the same. It's going to be bad either way. <laughs> well, I think on that note, everyone should be careful of the Tanuki, specifically Kichibushi, because <laughs> he will convince you to take pictures of him everywhere. And I do think that that's all the time we have for today. Kazuha is a very big character, despite not being a big character. And I'm really hoping we'll get to see more of him in the future. I'm sure most of us are. I hope he wanders into Fontaine sometime soon. Mm -hmm. Hell yeah. That being said, if you liked what you heard today, travelers, please feel free to follow us on Instagram, Tales of Tavat Pod, or feel free to follow us on Twitter, Tales of Tavat. If you want to let us know your thoughts on this episode, you can email us at talesofdevotpod at gmail.com. And if you're enjoying this episode and other episodes you've heard, please feel free to rate us on whatever podcasting platform you're using or YouTube, whatever it might be. It just helps us make sure that as many travelers are hearing this stuff as possible. Next week, we are going to be talking about Kari Bear and his dad, Clotar. (laughs) Which, just so you all know, Clotar has taken over the interactive map, apparently. I have to see it for myself, but we'll go more into that next week. (laughs) (laughs) Until then, safe journeys, travelers. We'll see you next time. Bye, stoner nerds. (laughs) (laughs) Bye.